Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? Podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here as always with the one and the only Captain Jack Berry. Captain, how are you, sir? Doing well, sir. I, you can see I put my Spurgeon and John Calvin busts up here now. I, I see them. that. Good for you. Uh, it's funny because I was holding my son right here, and dude, he has a fascination with Charles Spurgeon right now. As he should. Every time he sees him, mm-hmm. and I say, "Is that Charles?" He will giggle and laugh. Yes, my and man. And he keeps, and he go, and he go, huh, huh, <laughs> dude. He is, yeah, my man, dude. I love he's that. Get, he's getting into it. So. Yeah, I'm into that. That's awesome, dude. That that yeah. is that's super super cool. I love I love those little things. So that just means that uh, I need to come visit because I'm hoping the beard alone will endear me to your child yeah i don't i don't know like i i think he's sometimes he gets confused by other men and their beards Mm. maybe it's because that bust that bust kind of looks like me if i shave down my beard Mm, a little bit yeah i could Um, see it i could see it so i don't know it's um i don't know if he thinks that's just a replicant of me (laughs) (laughs) or uh i don't know what's going on there oh that's awesome so. Cool. Well, that's dope. Well, Jack, my friend, uh, we're going to hop straight into business today because oh, yeah. we are we are short of time. But you know what? We're still going to uh, we're going to to do what we set out to do. We are here for the people. All right. But before we do, Jack. Yes. We have some business. Oh, yeah. We have an individual that has Ooh. joined the ranks. Ooh. An individual that has joined the the ranks of the podluck, someone okay. that has uh, uh, decided to show up. They brought their casserole, right? Yes. They brought some delicious goodness, and uh, they joined for $5 a month, the reformatory all access. And mm-hmm. it is our job now to fulfill our vow, to fulfill our pledge, and to make their name hallowed. 
That is what we are here to do. So we are here today to hallow the name Mm -hmm. Nate McKeever. Nate McKeever. All right. Nate has decided to join the podluck and has joined the ranks of other fellow brothers and sisters in supporting the reformatory and getting that sweet, sweet exclusive content. And for an extra bonus, uh, I do have to... um, Shout out uh, Nate's podcast because Nate has a Ooh. podcast of which yours truly has been a guest on before. Okay. If you enjoy nerd culture, specifically nerd mm. culture in games, all types of oh, games, yeah. specifically sp- specifically games of the video type. Yes. Um, Nate and his co-host, I believe his other co-host name is Josh, I believe, because I remember there being and some camaraderie there around the name Josh. But Nate has another podcast podcast called The Backlog Breakdown. And uh, they're on Twitter. You can get them kind of wherever uh, you know you get your podcasts. They're all over the place. If you want to listen to some solid Christian dudes talk about some cool games and things like that, and maybe kind of spark your interest in that or, or you know, encourage you in uh, enjoying the good gifts of, of the, that the Lord has given us, go ahead and give uh, the backlog breakdown. Uh, I think it's on Twitter. I think it's uh, BB Downcast or something like that. I believe is that's what it is at BB Downcast. So give them a follow and shout out to Nate for following following through with the already amazing person that he is joining the podluck. And uh, friends, we would encourage you to do that as well. Join the podluck, get that exclusive content, uh, and help support the reformatory and get the 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 mission that we are trying to do to make the church central in the life of the believer helps get that out to more people. So. Nate, my friend, our vow has been uh, satisfied, and your name has been hallowed. Yes, sir. It's hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this (laughs) podcast. All right, Jack, that's enough of the business. Why don't you give us, my friend, this week's Reformatory Cigar of the Week. What do you got for us? All right, folks. Uh, February is for foundation, as we've Mm -hmm. been talking about in that first week. Um, First week, we started off strong. Start off with a very affordable line in the foundation lineup um, called uh, the Charter Oak. So it comes in Habano, comes in that CT shade, uh, comes in Connecticut wrappers, everything along those lines. Um, this week, we are going to probably the other famous line, well-known line that they have, which is called the Tabernacle. Yes, the Tabernacle has been... And I'm going with their original blend of the Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. The Tabernacle has several different blend variations <laughs> and several different types of Tabernacles, if you will. Um, it has the original Tabernacle. Uh, there is the uh, the CT the CT Havana or the Havana Seed uh, CT 148, which has like a red wrapper to it which is also a tabernacle. Then you have other iterations of the tabernacle that I won't disclose because we are reviewing those as well too. And we'll get to those at a later time. Oh yeah. But consistently across the board, the original tabernacle by foundation in different in all different vitolas has rated over 90 and above consistently since about 2017. So, very consistent cigar. On top of that, depending upon the size of the cigar, It'll probably range MSRP-wise anywhere between $8 to $13. 
That's just depending upon your sizing. Um, and then on top of that, uh, some breakdowns of the cigars, uh, of the cigar, just the tastes, and maybe the wrapper, blender, filler, whatnot. Um, it's just a, it's a very, I will say this, when you pick up a foundation, tab, original Tabernacle cigar, it's going to be a very oily, dark wrapper, right? Um, and uh, the, the tasting notes that you're primarily are going to get are some very woodsy, very cocoa-y, mm-hmm. very salt and pepper, um, but it has some finish on the back end as well, too. Fillers are Honduran and Nicaraguan. Binder is Mexican San Andreas. Wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf from the United States of America, Connecticut Connecticut River Valley. Um, and man, this has just been a continuous, steady cigar that you can, I mean, pair it with, it's just a very steady, constant thing. Um, doesn't really change, to be quite honest. Like, the, the blends have been steady, and like I said, it's consistently scored over 90 points uh, since 2017 and pretty much every different Batola sizing. Mm-hmm. So uh, highly recommend it. Like I said, the, the price points, depending upon the sizing of the cigars, are going to be anywhere from 8 to, like I said, $13. Uh, I think that's still pretty good as well. Um, but yeah, that is the original Tabernacle Foundation blend. From Foundation Cigars for our there foundation. It is. February is Foundation. There it is. I love it. Well done, as always, Jack. My friends, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, and you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today we're going to get into a fun topic, and it's fun because you and I might have a partial disagreement over this topic disagreement might be a little strong but it's not often that that you and i find something where we're like oh like i approach that you know quite differently than you do at the end of the day we still like the application is still the same but kind of where where we come from stuff is different and I, I enjoy those because it's fun to like it's fun to talk to you about it. Um, so today, Jack, we are talking about uh, we're kind of it's like two titans like pitted against each other in the in the uh, in the in the halls of destiny. Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're talking about preaching versus uh, teaching. Yeah. Okay. And whether we believe there is a difference, whether we believe uh, there should be a difference, whether we believe God equips different people for, you know, with, you know, preaching and some with teaching, but for, for the sake of our discussion, kind of what prompted this is you sent me a reel a while ago Yeah. of this, of this, of this guy uh, preaching. I did a little research just so I could figure out who it was. This mm-hmm. this guy's name is uh uh. Hold on, let me pull it up right here. There it is. Is Richard Owen Roberts. Richard okay. Owen Roberts. Okay, and he's a preacher. And you sent me a reel that was a snippet of a sermon that he preached at a G three conference back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a while ago. This is going on ten yeah. years ago now. Okay. Um, and my, my, you know, you know, looking at Richard here, 
the man looks like he's 90 years old. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, I, it'd probably be a quick Google. I did not Google this. I don't know if Richard is still with us uh, or if he has gone home to glory. Um, mm-hmm. But but in this in this uh, in this snippet uh, that you sent and you sent it with with much laughter because uh, despite this man's advanced years. Mm-hmm. This snippet that we are we actually have queued up, we're going to play for you folks, is is one of the spiciest. <laughs> it's one of the spiciest reels I have heard in a long time. And what our what our what our man Richard right here, Richard Owen Roberts, uh, has a pro- he 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 has a very distinct problem, and that is that uh, we do not make a distinction between preaching the word versus teaching the word. Okay. So we're going to play the clip. Uh, There's going to be a few points where I pause because I do want to like do a little bit of commentary because the clip, dude, the clip is like, whether you agree with the clip or not, there are parts in here where I'm like, dude is on fire. Dude has, yeah, (laughs) I'll just play it. I'll just play it for us. Okay. So, oh dude, he's amped man. Okay. So this is uh, Richard Owen Roberts from uh, a sermon he preached at G3 conference back in 2015. Okay. So we're going to uh, uh, pray that this audio works. Uh, Jack, I'm going to, I'm going to hit play and just give me a visual thumbs up if you can hear okay. it. Okay. Cause yeah. I, I just want to make sure I don't have to like edit stuff. <laughs> All right, here we go. You don't have preachers in America. All you've got are teachers. This is not a matter of my personal opinion. Here is a long established fact. Okay, so right off of that, I'm sorry, I'm positive. It's only been 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive already. Okay, so Homeboy's coming out and saying this is not opinion. This is fact. This is yeah. fact, which already, you know, again, grace to, to uh, you know, Mr. Richards, uh, who I guarantee you has had... Uh, mountains of experience in ministry and preaching sure. over over than me uh, uh it, it is something that i will disagree with because i mm-hmm. do think even though i i might agree with some of the assessments that he makes here i don't know if i would put it up into the realm of if you disagree with this you are 100 percent wrong yeah. <laughs> Okay, Man, but again, spicy, dude. but again, Richard's dude, it's just <laughs> part of me loves this because like yeah. there's there, there's a small part of me, Jack, I'm not going to lie. There's a small part of me that really enjoys watching and interacting with older saints who have just yeah. gone beyond the point of caring. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, they're just going to say is... oh, yeah. what they got to say. And they don't care if you disagree or not. Oh, no. yeah. And this man is at that point. Oh, yeah. He's Big nearing time. he's nearing the gates of glory. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. OK. All right. So we're going to we're going to hop in again here. To teach is to inform. To preach is to move. I know that's not what some of you think. We heard it said this morning. The teaching and preaching are the same. That the, oh, sorry. That the words are used interchangeably. Well, you may use them interchangeably. And I'm not going to try and correct you. If you want to be dumb, that's your- Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Let's pause right there. 
dude, he's okay. just ripping. Dude, he's he has zero. I hair. wanna he's know like, dude. I wanna know who the main speaker I, was. Uh, dude, yes, I wanna know so bad. so bad. I want to know so bad who got up that morning and like most likely like very passionately and probably very intellectually very fluently is talking about you know how we need to be informing in our preaching and things like that and then this dude shows up and just anathematizes it i don't i don't know how many presbyterians they had a g3 in a certain period of time but i got I, I got money that says it was either Derek Thomas or somebody else that did this. Dude, so I want it to be Steve Lawson so that. bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, that would be funny. Dude, be so funny. whoever that was, like, that, like that's that's the level of, like, Matt Chandler saying you are not David with oh, yeah. what's-his-face just just preaching that you are David, it, like, sitting in the front row. I want to know if this pastor, whoever it was, I don't think was, it was in the crowd. I don't think it was, I don't think it was Lawson. I've been, no. I've been to several Lawson events, and he doesn't describe preaching as that. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is fair. That is fair. And then yeah. he like, I don't want to correct you if you want to be dumb. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Dude. Bruh. All right. All right. All right. Wow. We're gonna we're gonna Sheesh. we're gonna we're gonna soldier on here. If you wanna be dumb, that's your choice. <laughs> I find people are hungry to be moved by God's word and by God's spirit from where they are to where they belong. And I'm wondering how many Preachers here are preaching and not teaching. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not knocking teaching. It is a vital part of the work of ministry. In fact, many of our early New England churches had on staff both a preacher and a teacher. Did it ever occur to you? That the way the word speaks of itself is an incredible help in this matter. Let me mention just three. The word is described in the word as a hammer. The word is described in the word as a fire. The word is described in the word as a sword. Is it not reasonable that if I have preached the word, there will be people who are hammered, who, like the hard rock, are smashed to pieces? Is it not reasonable to suppose that if I have preached the word, there will be those who will feel pierced by the sword of the Spirit? Is it not reasonable to suppose that there are those who have been cold and without passion who are set on fire for Jesus Christ if I have preached the word? Is it sensible to think that I have preached the word and nobody has been smashed, nobody has been pierced, Nobody has been ignited. I would think it much safer to suppose that when nothing of that sort happens, you haven't preached the word. Okay. 
All right. So, and then I, I will note, homie went on to preach an hour and 16. <laughs> wow. An hour and Ooh. 16. Dude, I would have, okay. Dude. Man, I would have I would have felt like a little kid just getting worn out by his dad just whipping him with a belt, dude. Oh, man. Okay. Yikes. So, uh, there's a lot there. Okay. Oh, yeah. and, and a lot to have some actually really good discussion about. Okay. So, um. You know, we talked about some of the stuff at the beginning. Maybe, you know, again, I'm going to chalk it up to, um, to perhaps age. Uh, perhaps, you know, you know, some sometimes with age comes that, lo- you know, uh, loss of loss of inhibitions, loss of filter, right? That happens, right? And uh, you speak very plainly. Um, mm. You know, um, I will I will show my cards right away, Jack. And say that there's a lot about what he says that I actually agree with, although I probably wouldn't have said it or phrased it like like he did. Sure. Um, I have long maintained, and that's been actually a topic of lots of discussions, lots of really good discussions with other reform folks, other preachers, uh, other pastors. Um, but I have long maintained that I do believe there is a difference between preaching and teaching sure i do think that certain uh situations call for either preaching or teaching and i do believe i would make a distinction between the giftings i do believe god equips certain men certain elders in this church to preach and i i would make a distinction between the the ability that I believe is given by God to preach versus the ability given by God to teach. And I would say that I have a very narrow view of what constitutes preaching, but I have a pretty wide view of what would constitute teaching. Because if we look into the into the qualifications, right, and Timothy and Titus of what an elder is, yeah. the the qualification that's stated there is that the elders should be able to teach. They should be proficient yeah. in teaching, right? Um, now, I do think that there is a lot of teaching within preaching. I think there has to be. There has to be informing. There has to be information there. But the distinction that 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 this brother makes between the two in terms of the purposes that preaching I have always maintained is much more of a proclamation, Hmm. whereas teaching is much more information. Now it's not that you don't have information within your proclamation and sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes you are teaching and there is an element of preaching that's there, but I do believe that the purpose of both of those is somewhat distinct depending on the context that you're in and perhaps the gifting that God's that God has given you. So, um, yeah, all that being said, you know, I probably would phrase it differently than this brother does here, but I do believe he is, I do believe it's my personal opinion that he's keying in on a distinction that I believe is there and that, Hmm the American church, especially the reformed church, I think would do well in, 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 um, investigating perhaps a little bit more than we have, uh, up to this point. So that's, that's where I'm at. All right. I want to throw it over to you. 
you can tell me you can tell me I'm crazy if you no. want to go, go for it. <laughs> I I would say there's a slight variation. I would say that there's a difference. I would say in preaching. Well, I would say there's a difference in how you approach teaching and preaching. But I think also within a sermon that you hear preached on a typical Lord's Day, I think it has both teaching and preaching in it. And so to just say that that is just preaching, um, I don't know, maybe this is going off on the deep end as well, too. I've heard a lot of people just, and this even goes to some of the more Reformed Presbyterian crowd. Some people say just reading the word is is teaching and preaching or preaching. And yeah, I'm like, sure. I don't know if I would go that route. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, I think that's just declaring, reading God's word out loud. You're not really saying anything other than, and you're not giving application to the scripture. You're reading the text, right? Mm-hmm. And so some some of our Presbyterian brethren would say, well, if you stand up in the, if if a woman would dare stand up in the pulpit and just read the text and that's it, she's technically teaching. And I'm like, mm, sure, I don't know about that. So anyway, that's where I differ a little bit on just the teaching and preaching aspect. I would say, I'd say in a sermon, you have both teaching and preaching going on in the sense that you do have to give weight and understanding to the text and what's happening within the broader uh, either book or epistle that's going on. But then you also have to get uh, historical uh, with it in its culture that it's in in what time frame, what did people believe at that time? So that is the element of teaching within your sermon. I would say preaching mm-hmm. starts to starts to basically, and this is where I differ with this brother. Hmm. He was saying, well, if you didn't, if, if the word is a hammer or a, a constant fire or a sword mm-hmm. and people aren't lit on fire, for the passion of Jesus Christ or smashed into pieces or stabbed with, you know, um, conviction, then you didn't do the job. And it's Mm. like, well, of course I didn't do the job because it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that, you know? So I think that's, I I think that's another, I mean, we're going, my, my local church is going through the book of Acts and every consistently through the book of Acts, you see the word and the spirit, the spirit is using the word of God to apply to people and he's doing this wonderful, the Holy spirit is doing this wonderful miracle of basically regeneration throughout the book of acts. And you see it primarily in the fact that the apostles preach the Holy spirit uses the word, applies it to the people and the people get saved and baptized. Right. Sure. And they start to become and grow within the church. Um, And so I would, I would stick to that uh, way of applying um, what it means for the word to be used instead of (laughs) blunt instruments. Um, I was just like the bludgeoning, like I, as a preacher, I need to go out and bludgeon my people. Sure. Or bludgeon the people to death. It's like, I don't know if that's the correct uh, applicative way to go about it. Even though, yes, the word says, sure, God is a consuming fire. And so is Mm -hmm. the word, you know, Mm -hmm. the word uh, can be used in which it convicts and it stabs through bone and marrow and everything along those lines. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, there's just different ways to look at um, the the word, but uh, you know, as a as a if I'm preaching or teaching, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going up there with my primary mode of saying. I hope the spirit stabs somebody with this word. You know, like that's just not that's just not my jam. Man. Maybe not like, stab somebody. You yeah. know, yeah. It's just, and plus on top of it, I I I think what this brother is saying, which it, which it leaves the door open to, if if people aren't convicted by the end of your sermon, there's something wrong with your preaching. At least that's what I got towards the end of his of that clip as well too. Sure. Which I would say that's the last thing we need to to throw on preachers, to be quite honest, uh, is to say that if nobody's convicted, that's on you. You put that sermon together. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. And 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 I don't know, maybe maybe I maybe I took some different things from it. Like I, I took, you know, in listening to that, I took him talking about pre about about the differences, not so much in what the result of your preaching is, but how you preach. And maybe, hmm. maybe I'm just, I'm just like imposing kind of my own, my own distinctions on what he said. But, but like when I, the things that he said that I agree with is that I do believe we should see, and I will use the word feel a difference between preaching and teaching. There's yeah. a, there's a great there's a great quote by uh Martin Lloyd Jones I pulled up here when he's talking about preaching. And I want to use this to kind of maybe kind of lay some groundwork for some dare I say edgy things that I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> he says this. He says what is preaching? Logic on fire. He says preaching is theology coming through a man who is on fire. A true understanding and experience of the truth must lead to this. He says, I say again that a man who can speak about these things dispassionately has no right whatsoever to be in a pulpit and should never be allowed to enter one. So, like, some very, a very bold statement by Martin sure. Lloyd-Jones, right? Sure. Um, but what, what, I, what I key into there is... I believe that God gives, and again, this is, this is, I might, I really, this is coming from a place of like, not, not wanting to be like a touchy feely kind of person because I know it's not that right. But we do have to understand that God has given his people emotions. He has given his people senses and there are things that stimulate those senses. And I do believe that it is part of the preacher's job to use all the tools at his, at his disposal within the context again of the, of, of scripture of truth, right. To engage the emotions and the senses of the people he is preaching to. And I think we do a disservice to our people when we preach glorious truths dispassionately. Mm. Right. And this is where I do see the distinction between preaching and teaching. And I do believe that God equips different people with different abilities. And I think that there are some that he has equipped to have an, excellent uh, um, uh, talent in teaching, perhaps the one-on-one discipleship, perhaps teaching small groups, and he has gifted them in that way. 
I don't always believe that that gifting translates to preaching the best. And again, this yeah. is where I want to be very careful and very gracious because let, let's not forget one of the greatest preachers, at least in my opinion, of all time, Charles Spurgeon, was saved under the pre of a uh, uh, under the preaching of a deacon. That Charles Spurgeon says the sermon was horrible. <laughs> he says the man <laughs> was a horrible preacher, yeah. but no one else was there to preach. So this man faithfully took the role stood in front of the congregation and Charles Spurgeon says through his stammering and his misspeaks and the horrible sermon, Charles Spurgeon was convicted, which again goes to your point, Jack, that it's the Holy spirit that does the work at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. So that being the premise, I will say this again, like with grace, because I know that it is the spirit that does the work. I'm not saying that you have to be Superman behind the, behind the pulpit. Yeah. However, on the flip side, I think we can hold multiple things as true. Mm-hmm. And to Martin Lloyd-Jones's point and to this, you know, this brother's point that we heard the audio clip from, I believe it is one of the jobs of the preacher to engage the emotions and the hearts of the people yeah. that he is preaching to, not just the minds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and often teaching primarily engages the mind. Yes. Right? Whereas preaching, you must engage the mind. It must be there. It must be full of truth. But it must also, I believe, be full of heart and yeah. passion and fervency. And dare I say, there's there there must be, and this is, again, like I use this word carefully. <clears throat> I believe that there must be a theatric element, mm-hmm. if you will, to preaching, that when I preach the word of God, I want to do so in a way that that shows the emotion in which I, I want my people to receive this good word. If I am preaching a, a hard truth, the way that I preach that should not be dull and monotone. It should be full with a heart that is expressing this difficult and, and, and hard truth. If I'm preaching the glories of the gospel and the glories of, of Christ's mediation for his people, my tone, my expressions, the way that I phrase uh, these glorious truths, I think it should be done with the purpose of of doing as much justice as we can to the truths that we are preaching. And I do believe that if you look at some of the best preachers that we would would hold in the, especially in the reform community, as some of the best preachers that have come before us, again, in my opinion, one of the, if not the greatest, Charles Spurgeon. And then I can go even, even, you know, even more contemporary R.C. Sproul, right? Uh, You know, men, men like that. You look at the way that they preached, especially if you read Spurgeon sermons, there's this podcast that I'm listening to. That's just this guy that's reading Spurgeon sermons. It's actually really great. If you read Spurgeon sermons, you see the theatric. And again, I use that word carefully because I know some of our more perhaps conser- oh, even you know conservative reform brothers will be like, like so what are you an actor behind the pulpit? What is wrong with you? It's like this is not using like props, a ma- it's no I'm not there. no I'm not <laughs> no oh I ain't gosh. using props oh um, and this is this isn't at all a seeker sensitive yeah uh, you know you know trope right? What I'm speaking of is engaging not only the minds but the hearts of your people. 
in a way that shows you truly believe what it is you are preaching. Yeah. Because there's nothing there's nothing harder for me. And again, I say this with grace because I know that God does not gift, you know, every every, you know, uh, uh, um, every elder, I believe, with the gift of preaching. Sure. But when someone gets up to the pulpit and they are sharing with me the glorious news of Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. And they they look and they sound as if they would rather be talking about something else <laughs> or they are very, you know, monotone in what they're saying, very sad in what they're saying. It causes me to to at least wonder, like, you know, does this truth that you are preaching, does it spark anything in you? Yeah, because we are as humans, emotional creatures, right? We we. Our emotions are engaged in many different ways, and I do believe that one of the most glorious and most important ways our emotions can be stirred up is with the truth of Scripture. Yeah. So, again, I believe when preachers proclaim and preachers preach, it should we should see a difference. And that's that's my conviction. I know that there are brothers, very faithful brothers, who disagree with me on that. And you know what? That's that's okay. That's totally fine. You know, we can we can have that have that disagreement. But I do believe there is a distinction in the giftings there. And I believe you know it when you see it. And it's not to hold one above the other. Yeah. It's that I think they are giftings that God gives certain individuals for certain tasks, for certain roles, and for certain contexts. And I believe that if you are in the role of the preacher one of your jobs is to take the truth that you are preaching and engage the hearts of your people, yeah. not just their minds. Sure, It is a proclamation. It is a thus saith the Lord, whereas teaching is much more informative, often much more intellectual, right? Um, now, they kind of, again, like we said, they, they, they bleed into each other. But I would say that there's a distinction. So that's my soapbox. And that's, you know, hopefully I just didn't get canceled, uh, you know, with with my with my ultra conservative reformed <laughs> brethren. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. And yeah, I think although he he did it perhaps in a way that I wouldn't have, I do yeah. believe that uh, <laughs> this this guy here does bring up some interesting points that I think would be I think would spark some good fruit in in conversations today. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And the thing too, of like, all we have today is teachers. I, I mean, to a certain extent, he has a, a little bit of, of truth to that. Cause I can understand that because everybody does want to be a teacher. Everybody does want to have people sit at their feet and listen to them. Sure. And take up what they're saying. So I can understand that to a certain degree, but mm-hmm. We that's not carte blanche across the table in the church. I think absolutely, absolutely. So for sure. But yeah, I think I think you're right in saying that. You know, I think the only distinction and the only disagreement that we may have is that I agree that in a sermon and when you're preaching, it's it's both. Sometimes you're Mm -hmm. both teaching and preaching. Oh, for Uh, sure. your, Your sermon content is that. Yeah. But I would say that there is a very distinct way that you can tell. Um you know, a, a teaching moment. Um, and I would say a teaching moment, but yet again, too, like, you know, we've had, uh, and we're going to start doing uh, a certain time before church 
as almost like a Sunday school, Sunday equip class at like mm. 845 and then have service at 11 nice. or not 11, uh, 10. But I mean, during that time, it's going to be focused on the the essential truths of the Christian faith. We we've done we did a sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. So I mean, you could take stuff, use scripture, completely back up what you're what you're doing, um, and still come out of it in a way in which, um, it, it both engages the head and the heart. But like you said, Josh, I think that the teaching aspect may be more of the informative or more of the time in which um, it has not. Uh, so I can, I can think of one time, right? I, I can just think of the time in which we do men's breakfasts hmm. to where we are gauging, engaging with certain texts. We are looking at what they mean to a certain way. Uh, so we're talking about wisdom. Um, we're doing like a, a series on wisdom and, and stuff along those lines. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, yeah, I think there is a different element to when you have somebody preaching and maybe teaching a little bit here and there, but then when you have somebody strictly just only teaching. Sure, um, sure. Strictly only teaching, yeah. You you are, <laughs> there is a element in which um, you are getting more um, intimately discipled, so to say, mm. In the ways and knowledges of the text, of languages, of history, of what was going on when this text was written, who do we know about these authors uh, that wrote, that the Holy Spirit inspired to write uh, certain parts of Scripture. So you're getting like the full meal deal. You're kind of getting more of, um, I I wouldn't say a lecture, but I would say more of an interactive time. Versus, I think preaching, like you said, is more proclamative, but in that proclamation too, you can definitely tell that when I've, when I've heard really good preaching, there is a, there is a cunning to the heart. Mm -hmm. There is something that the spirit is doing in that time. Yes. In which it can illuminate to you certain things that maybe sometimes in teaching it just doesn't happen. It's true. It's um, true. I agree. I have with that. seen a difference yeah. because in Bible study, <clears throat> I do get knowledge out of our times mm-hmm. together, out of the languages that we're learning in the text. But when somebody preaches, there is a different way in which I think the spirit moves, not to try and be all charismatic y, but no. there no, is a keep, different keep, way. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> in which the spirit uses the word to apply to his people and maybe not his people as well too, to convict them. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's my soapbox, but (laughs) no, I think, I think Zach, I I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I think, I think that's an excellent way to put it. Um, And, you know, again, at the end of the day, the spirit does the work, right? Let's be, let's be very clear is that you, you don't have to be a Spurgeon or a Martin Lloyd Jones level preacher to be effective in your local church. Okay. This discussion, if handled, uh, you know, if handled incorrectly can be a very discouraging discussion and that's not our intent. And that's not what we hope we take away from what we hope we take. You take away from this is that first and foremost, the spirit is the one that applies the word of God and it does it however it wills, regardless of your talent or your ability. That should take a huge weight off your shoulders. 
Yeah. As a preacher, as a teacher, as someone who shares the gospel, it is the spirit that does the work regardless of your ability. A hundred percent of the time. Right. So like, keep that in mind. Right. But what we also hope that it encourages you in is that if you are in the position of preaching, find, find the, like, like look back into church history and find how, and look at how some of the best preachers have taken these glorious truths and engaged the heart of their people yeah. in the ways that they say it, the tone in which they say it, the, the phraseology that they use, the way that they, that, they, that they magnify and make glorious the truth, and they put it on display to the best of their ability and say, look how glorious this is, right? Yeah. If you are in the role of preacher, take the time to do that for your people. Take the time to not simply just state the truth, but to proclaim the truth, to show the truth, to express the truth, and and engage the hearts and the minds of your people. So we want that to be an encouragement because the Holy Spirit will enable you to do that. And no matter your 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 ability. The Holy Spirit is faithful to if you preach the truths of Scripture, which is alive and active, the Holy Spirit will take that and it will never return void. So be encouraged in that. Be encouraged in it. Um, yeah. So that's 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 again, at the end of this conversation, you can have the debate. You can be, uh, you know, in agreement with me or, or, or disagree, you know, and at the but at the end of the day, that's what we unite in that we know it's the spirit that does the work and we are called no matter our status, no matter our ability to faithfully proclaim the truth of the gospel. And we trust that the spirit uses it no matter what. So that's what we unite in at the end of the day. And that's where I like to leave these types of conversations. Um, yeah. Because so often these types of conversations aren't left there and it can be discouraging. So yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. So no, Jack, my friend, why don't you get us out of here? We got we got stuff to do. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Josh and I's uh, banter back and forth about teaching and preaching or other different topics that will try to uh, do their due diligence in making the local church central to the believer's life, you can drop us uh, a DM, a message, oh, yeah. any type of uh, incommunicado or communication, if you will. Over the sociables, yes, those nasty little things. Those nasty little things. Yes, <laughs> uh, the Facebook, the metaverse. Um, Mark Zuckerberg may go back to the Senate and um, apologize to people. I don't know if you saw that. That was quite interesting. Really? Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah, been a naughty boy. Called, <laughs> some senator <laughs> called him out. Why don't you apologize to the people? Literally got up, turned around, started apologizing to uh, to the galley there. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, of, of families who I guess had some bullying issues. I don't know on Facebook and hmm. stuff like that. So anyway, you can go on the metaverse. Apparently, Zuckerberg is not a robot if he's, apo- if he's apologizing to people. Uh, you can go on the Instagram. Yes, it goes well with chocolate marshmallow. And you can go on the dumpster fire that is the the sociable formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm. And yes, that old chestnut. Um, you can find us all at the tag at Reformatory Pod on all of those sociables. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might be able to 
support us in other endeavors here at the Reformatory. Right. Well, there are many ways you can support the Reformatory. We have YouTube. For some reason, you want to watch this uh, as well as listen to it, you can head on over there. YouTube.com slash Reformatory Pod. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit the little bell for notifications, as the kids say. Uh, Share it with a friend. We would really, really like that. That'd be cool. You can give this podcast a, a rating and a review. We would really appreciate that. Uh, five stars. We would love that. Five stars for five solas. That's what we used yeah. to say. And we would really appreciate that. Last but not least, you can join our friend Nate McCaver in joining the Podluck, the all access mm. Patreon page for $5 a month. $5 a month. That's all it is. It's cheaper than a Starbucks coffee. Yeah. For $5 a month, you too could become a Patreon supporter, get all the goodies that go with that. And with that, our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. If you disagree with things that you heard today, we would ask that please reach out. We would love to hear from you guys, but please do so in the manner in which Jack and I dis- have disagreements and perhaps not in the way that you see disagreements happening on the Twitters. We would greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>